Ooh, had a little bit of cough in my throat as I said that yesterday. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Robbie Muscle Podcast. This is episode 93, where we are joined by... Ben Brown of BSL Nutrition. Uh, Ben is a nutritionist who works mostly online with people, helping them sort out their nutrition and simplify the whole process. He also has a little small supplement line, and he's a former slash kind of kind of a current rugby player um he played a lot of rugby and a lot of the high level rugby here in the u.s um whilst he was studying his for his masters in nutrition so it ends up being a pretty cool little fusion of everything that we try and promote here on the podcast with our nutrition and our training in today's episode, though, we sort of just end up just talking over general sort of stuff, how he got into rugby in the first place, how his professional career as a nutritionist have sort of extended his playing career, what he thinks of extending his playing career, and different sort of battles that he faced whilst trying to play and things that he would have done different as a youngster. Ends up being like a little bit of a chat with um, sort of old school rugby guys saying what they would have done different and lessons for you younger kids. So a good episode for everyone to sort of pay attention to. Definitely lots of nuggets in this episode. Ben is a super smart guy as well as a super talented athlete when he used to play full time. But anyway, for now, let's get straight into the episode. Here it is, episode 93 with Ben Brown of BSL Nutrition. All right, guys, so today we are joined by Ben Brown of BSL Nutrition. How you doing, Ben? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm all good. So like I said, I already did your intro in there or did your whole big bio. And trust me, you sound awesome already. Everyone's like, oh my God, I can't can't believe I'm listening to this guy. Um, But if you want to give us a brief like two-minute quick introduction, not to like like what you do and, and, and stuff like, and how you do it. But let's just talk about like how you got to where you are now. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, you know, the, this, the long and the short of it is I've always been interested in fitness and nutrition. I mean, it's just one of those things that always kind of came naturally to me. Now I certainly wasn't the best athlete growing up by any stretch of the imagination, but nonetheless, I still was interested, you know, in high school and lifting. And, and I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of stomach issues growing up. To the degree that I really had to be more cognizant about what I ate. And so just naturally, intuitively, naturally, it just kind of, I, I started to pay more attention, get more fascinated by nutrition, started reading book nutrition as I was just trying to figure out my own issues, you know, as many of us have. Um, and then college, um, I played rugby, which was what connected us, but I played rugby in college for University of Arizona and, and continued to obviously stay in great shape and necessarily so to, to be a standout rugby player and compete and continue to refine my nutrition. And then I I just, I went to grad school for exercise and wellness and continued to just go down the rabbit hole, you know, started working with clients and, and you know how it is. You figure out real quickly that nutrition is such a major factor in helping people get great results to, you know, to say nothing of the training, the training's great, but, but nutrition, in my opinion, is where it's all at, you know, where, it, where, where it all is. Um, and so that's what I really started to focus on and have always been passionate about. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what age, what age were you when you, um, first started playing rugby and did you play gridiron before that? Cause we, have yeah, guys. yeah. So I played it through high school. I played, um, American football, American uh, football and 
Then I went to college. I got recruited out of high school to play football. And I say recruited very liberally because basically the school said, if you want to come here and play, you can play. Um, it That's was a recruited. division. That counts. Yeah. I mean, it was a division, it was a division three school and they had won like two games in the last three years. And, um, it, it I went to Lewis and Clark college, my freshman year of college. That's in Portland, Oregon, a very liberal division three school. I played there. Um, and really was, I was not very good. Like I just was too small to be an outside linebacker. I was too slow to be a strong safety and, it just didn't mesh with me. So I transferred to University of Arizona and kind of just goofed around for a couple years um, working on my undergraduate degree. And I finally found rugby. And it was like, you know, when the clouds part and the, shun, the, sun, the sun shines through and it's sort of like this um, this ethereal moment where it's like... Everything every, just clicks. Everything just clicks. And it right. just... It was perfect. It was the perfect sport for me that I excelled at, that I loved, that motivated me to start to do better in school, um, that, you know, motivated me to get back into training and and, um, just surrounded me with the right type of guys, the right community. I had an incredible coach. And uh, so I started playing rugby in, uh, I guess it was 2000. And then I competed on the you know varsity side for a couple of years, and then I moved up to Phoenix to go to Arizona State University for my master's degree. And then I started playing men's club, and I was fortunate enough to play for a very competitive men's club up here in Phoenix. And we competed for the national championship for nice. several years. They won the national championship in 2008, but I had sort of pseudo-retired at that point. Um, but uh, nonetheless... I still uh, was able to play at a high level for, for quite a long time and, and still, you know, play some old boys here and there when I'm not beat up. Yeah, so it became sort of like a high level, but still enjoyable. And then why did you end up retiring from that? Or Dude, I just, you know, I just, I played as I believe you did. I played six and seven, which is, um, you know, that's flanker. It's sort of like if you were going to, you know, correlate it to an American football position. It's kind of like an outside linebacker for American football. And and so you're involved, right? You're involved in everything. You're involved in a lot of tackles. You probably do the most tackling on the field um, if you're good, right? And, um, And with that is, you know, the body just gets beat up. And uh, especially out here in Arizona, playing on really, really hard fields. Oh, a lot wow. of the fields we played on for years were just like concrete. And, and that, I realized, really started to take its toll on my knees and hips and shoulders and neck. I was having a lot of neck issues. Um, and so it, it just aligned with me starting my business, starting a family, getting married. We moved kind of far away from the pitch where uh, the team practiced that I, that I ran with. And so it kind of just, I kind of fell out of it. And more recently I've gotten back into playing some old boys, but nice. by that same token, man, I just, my knees are, are pretty banged up. And, and so it's, uh, it's only a couple tournaments a year, basically. Yeah. Nice. I mean, and I think what you, 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 you touched on it there about like just the, the injuries constantly like affecting you and, and, and dragging you down and, you know, 
as you came into this, uh, you know, with all your studies and, and uh, your, your business, I think that sort of sounds like it sort of grew its own little passion. Yeah. Where, you know, you sort of lost your appreciation of rugby because of the injuries. It's very, very similar to like so many stories I hear. And, and mine is one that's similar to that. You know, when you get so many injuries, or in my case, it was concussions, like, Mm-hmm. You forget you forget the or it's easy to lose track of the upside you know of the fact that rugby is is the best sport in the world it's so much fun to watch yes. to play to be a part of like everything about it is awesome and you know that's why these guys are listening into this podcast because they they probably agree with it so much so that they want to make sure that they make improvements in their physique to be better rugby players to represent the sport or themselves better and i think it's easy to lose track of that when you're getting injured or when you've got, you know, stresses going on. And that's why a lot of the time when I'm, when I coach people, you know, I'm really hot on in when they're in season, managing their injuries and managing their stress, because the last thing you ever want to do is completely burn yourself out. Especially if like, it's not as like prevalent for someone like you or me, where, you know, we're not trying to achieve the highest level ever possible, but some guys are. And if they don't, if they burn out too quick, they don't keep the goal the goal. They don't give themselves the time to develop as much as they can as a rugby player. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, you know, some of it comes along with the culture that's ingrained in rugby. Is like, you know, you go beat the shit out of yourself for eighty minutes on the pitch, and then you go to the bar and 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 drink. And in reality, is if you're pretty serious, and I was doing this, um, you know, in in the later stages of of my career, I'll call it, but. I'd skip out on the bar, I'd go home and do an ice bath and take a shake down and, you know, really try and optimize the recovery process mm-hmm. um, because it's so instrumental. And I started to realize that my body was really starting to break down. And in hindsight, now I regret, especially during college, not being more diligent about that. Yeah, um, for sure. Because I, I really feel like it could have made a huge difference, added a couple years to my career um, and now, you know, I'm in a position where it's like, I'm even reticent, you know, some days to even squat. Cause I know my knees will be bugging me a couple of days after. I mean, I just played in a tournament, uh, well, let's see, it was about five or six weeks ago. And honestly, man, my knees are kind of still hurting. I mean, given we played three games and three, you know, uh, 40 minute games in a day, but yeah. But still, like that's a that's a long time to be suffering. So yeah, and be affected. Yeah, for sure. And uh, well, just for clarification, how old are you, Ben? So I'm 39. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because this will benefit like both both sides of that coin. Where we've got a lot of young people listen, and they're they're already thinking, oh, I don't need to listen to this. Like I'm not going to be sore in three weeks. I'm going to be fine. And yeah, yeah. So the stuff that you do now as a youngster that really reaps the benefit like later later on down the line. Like you probably extended your like the fact that you can still play a decent enough level at your age um in tournaments is probably a credit to the work you've put in. Like if you didn't put in that work in your twenties or, or even early thirties or whatever, like I don't yeah. see you playing like this, like extending out your career to this long. Well it's and you I'm sure you see it too, but it's like the second the guys hang up their boots they're literally done. And sometimes you don't see them, you know, you'll see them 10 years later and they're a freaking disaster. Yeah. Like, you know, they've put on 30 yeah. pounds. They haven't run in the last 10 years. 
And they think that they can go out and step on the pitch again. And it's a bad idea. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's fun to run around with the boys and stuff. I get it. But the only reason I can step on the pitch now and still compete as an old man, even though I'm paying the price afterwards, is because I'm diligent. I mean, I'm in the industry. So I'm diligent about my fitness day in and day out. And I'm just as diligent about my fitness now as I ever was uh, in my twenties competing, you yeah, know, sure. and, and, and you that's have a, to be right. Like, you yeah, have you to have to be, which is yeah, a it's shame imperative. You got away with everything. So we're talking about future. It's a shame though. Cause you get, you get away with everything in your twenties and you think, ah, like this is age is never going to catch up to me. And it always does. Like the thing that you think is never going to happen to you. Like that's always the one that, that comes out of nowhere and, and swipes you. It totally does, man. It's, it's a sad state of affairs, but so it goes, you know, with age comes wisdom. And, and, uh, so maybe, you know, if, if, if those young guys who are listening, uh, trust me, you want, you got to take care of those joints now and you got to do the things that, I mean, it's just like all the NFL, you know, they're always showing, uh, me, you know, media is always showing what some of these NFL guys do to take care of themselves. And yeah. it's really relevant. Yeah. And it's getting, it's definitely getting more and more important. And, uh, like, I think, I think you touched on it there and, and I want to just briefly touch on that point that you said about like when you um, finish playing and you see a lot of these guys that just end up just ended up being like rugby was the only thing that kept them in shape. Right. And that's why I, th- I truly believe in like the habits that we try and develop as coaches and nu- nutritionally and going to the gym and having other passions is important because like if, if rugby is the only thing, as soon as you stop, then then you haven't got your habits. You're only re- relying on your motivation as a rugby player to to get you to the gym in the first place. Like, have some other little goals and sorts and those sorts of things, so that when you do hang your boots up, like you're good. Like I've semi-retired, well, I've re- officially retired twice. Like, first <laughs> right. One, first one, I, I I went straight like balls deep into Olympic weightlifting. Okay. Um, just to give me a distraction, and, and it. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't work out how I wanted. I picked. I couldn't. My, like my body wasn't built to do that sort of stuff either. Even though, yeah, you know, I did all right. But well, my body and my mind. But any. But moving on. Like when I then got back to rugby, and then I left the second time. I was like stranded. And as much as I say that you don't need motivation to to get you to the gym and all of that, like you still want it. And I said this in actually uh, one of the last podcasts that would be recently have gone out that like your training, you need to enjoy your, this lifestyle. You need to enjoy the food that you eat. You need to enjoy having fun in the gym and all of yep. those sorts of things. And, and obviously rugby makes a big part of that, but if you haven't got rugby, you need to figure out other ways. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And people get left out of that. I think. And honestly, like I just never want to, I mean, as it pertains to rugby, I don't ever want to step on the pitch and feel like I can't compete. I don't ever want to be one of those guys that, you know, you see some of the old boys out there that are just, you know, it's the only time that they are running around is once a year for the old boys tournament or something. And it's all good and well, like I'm not talking shit by any means, but for me, I'm a competitive person and I always want to excel. And I, if I'm going to step on the pitch, I want to win. I don't care if it's a friendly game or if it's a competition, you know, and that's just me. And, and, and so there's a little level, level of motivation there to say nothing to the fact that I just love training. Like, it's just who I am. I love training. I love eating well. Um, and that's my lifestyle. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and I think 
like it's funny that when everyone like when everyone looks at old boys rugby, you know, especially well, the younger guys for sure, they'll look at old boys rugby and they always tend to look down upon it. And I think it's it's funny because you know you, you sit around with a, a group of Colts under nineteens or under twenty ones or whatever, yeah. and and you you watch a you watch an old boys game and you're like, I'll never do that. I'll never see myself doing that. And then next thing you know, it's twenty years, thirty years later, and and you, you're there just as bad as all the other old guys, and it's just because of the love of the game. And I think it's important to remember that. But. It is. And um, you know what I'll say is is that I never had appreciation. For, well, I did, but I guess I didn't realize it. But one of the things I appreciate the most is just the group of guys and the yeah. camaraderie and the community. And, and it's something that I really deeply was missing in my life. It was, it was something I was missing when I was in college and just goofing around and partying too much that I found when I joined rugby. And then when I pseudo retired, it's something that went missing again and that I recently have, I, I guess, just has reinvigorated me. Simply just getting on the pitch with, with the group of guys again, just the feeling that you have of being with, you know, with your um, comrades and, and knowing that you'll do whatever it takes to support each other. Yeah. Um, on the pitch, off the pitch. These are a lot of guys that I played with on and off for the last 15 years, you know, and uh, 15 plus years. Um, and I, I think it's really relevant. Um, it's it's important to have that sense of community, that sense of belonging, to know that you've got each other's backs. And, uh, and so it's something that I strongly value, even despite the fact that, you know, my body's going to shit because of it. Yeah, it's the best. Of, it's the best of both. It's like because you, you know, us athletic types and whoever, like most of the guys listening, like we're competitive motherfuckers. Like we yeah. want to compete, we want to win, we want to like, and and that's what we strive for. And if if that's once a year, or if it's a few times a year, or if it's every bloody week, like we like doing that, and that's what we live for. But as you get older, like that that urge doesn't necessarily go. It just it just manifests itself in different forms. So either old boys rugby for me, it's coaching. But yeah. alongside that competing is that brotherhood. And I think that is, you know, it's something that separates rugby from a lot of other sports. That's why rugby is the best sport in the world. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So let's switch gears a little bit. So yeah. um, you said about how you've, you've probably managed to, or you could have extended your playing career, like your, your playing career for a few extra years if you'd have done things a little bit better in your 20s. And I just wanted to yeah. see if we could dive a little bit deeper into that. So what do you think you did when you were younger, like nutritionally wise, that, that did benefit you? And where do you think you could have improved? Well, I think generally speaking is I, I, I've always eaten, you know, whole foods. I mean, I've always been one to it, try not to eat too much processed food. I certainly had my fair share in college and it's, you know, it's not something that I'm going to completely, completely scoff at or say, I'm never going to have, I mean, I got young kids and so we'll go through, you know, fast food every now and again. I don't think it's a big deal, but I would say, so generally it's just eating whole foods is something that's always been part of my nutritional regime. Um, I would say that probably something that would have been beneficial for me uh, earlier on was, is definitely to drink more water. Um, I would say hitting protein goals, like focusing on hitting enough protein, uh, day in and day out to support my muscle needs, uh, mm-hmm. I think is something that I could have done a lot better with. Oh, really? See, yeah. I always find the opposite. I find that most, eh, actually, it, 
people people will either fall into one or two camps, I guess, don't they? They either never eat enough and they always always under eat it and they've got to really put in effort, or you get uh, a lot of the bros that you know they start lifting like real young and they know protein and that's all they know. So they're having like 400 grams of protein every single day and they can't figure out why they're not instantly jacked overnight. Yeah. I just think circa, you know, the whole like starting to play in college, the whole college lifestyle. I mean, I was doing protein shakes and stuff and when I was training, but, but you know, everything else is, is invariably one of your meals per day is fast food. And, and I didn't cook a whole heck of a lot for myself in college and having a couple of roommates all the time. And, you know, I think invariably it probably wasn't enough. And then moving into grad school, kind of the same thing is maybe just not eating enough calories throughout the day, given my, my physical activity levels, um, for just from a nutritional standpoint, I think I could have been a lot better with that. I also think that I could have done better, you know, avoiding more processed foods at the end of the day. I don't know how big of a difference it really made, but, um, you know, nonetheless, I think it's relevant. Yeah, for sure. And then same thing through your training. Like, was there anything that you feel like that you did with your training that either extended or, or, or maybe hamstrung your career a little bit? The one thing I felt like with training is because I was always playing. So if we were, if we, if I wasn't playing 15s, I was playing sevens and I had very little off season. And because of that, I felt like I had a really hard time training consistently. And I feel like every season of rugby, it was hard for me to put together consistent sessions um, because I was always banged up, you know, from week to week with, with given game games. So I think I could have been smarter about my training and the type of training I was doing at the time. And sometimes I would say, well, because I'm banged up, I just won't train at all, yeah. which I think was a mistake. You know, if you're lower, if your knees are fired up, um, or you've got a bad contusion, you know, or something like that, then you train upper body and vice versa. Uh, so I, I don't think you can make excuses for that. And I think I did at the time. But I do know that once I stopped playing consistently and started training consistently, I started making huge gains in the gym. Um, with that said is, I, I think, again, with the training, I could have been a lot smarter about doing exercises that would have helped improve uh, joint mobility and, and structural balance and kind of balancing out a lot of the things that we deal with consistently in terms of, you know, shoulder mobility issues, hip mobility issues, yeah. jo- uh, joint strengthening, stuff like that. So as opposed to what, what were you doing instead that maybe you could have taken out or, or would you have just added in more, more work to, for you to do? I probably would have added in or at least focused a little bit more on some of the remedial exercises that could have carried over into structural balance as opposed to always just hitting deadlift, squat, bench. Yeah, it's right? actually one of, a goal for I think three of my athletes at the moment that uh, we've set our January process goals and his goal is to make sure he gets through. So I have a section in our, in our workouts some usually called fluff work or hypertrophy or, mm-hmm. or accessory work and sometimes he, you know three of them all wrote to me said uh yeah so sometimes i get through the power and the strength work to begin with and then i just skip the fluff work because then I've, i realize i ran out of time exactly and so I, I get that and especially like core work as well 
like abs are always left to the very last exercise and they're always like not necessarily the most boring but they are they're, they're, they're just putting yourself through pain or awkwardness it's not as fun as like a heavy deadlift and so yeah. i find that like that's not only is it at the end when you're most tired but it's not it's the least fate your least favorable work so core work always ends up getting skipped too and that is crucial for rugby yeah i i started to and for athletes like that, I mean, I started plugging that stuff in at the very beginning as kind of activation exercises. Yeah. If I, if I feel like, you know, for me, I know that helped because I would tend to skip that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've done a couple, lot of core at the beginning. I'll yeah. A couple core, a couple shoulder mobility. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, and then one last question on what you said there, um, you said about, you didn't have enough off season. And so, um, I get uh, regularly I'll, I'll receive an email from uh, a rugby player that wants to take a, a whole year off of rugby to just focus on the gym. And I always am cautious of that. Cause I'm like, yeah, I get how the gym is important for you, you know, to develop yourself physically and all of this, but I'm not sure if taking a whole year away from the sport that you want to excel out is a good idea. Right? <laughs> that's a bad idea. Right. So why would you take a, I mean, that's, it's a, such a skills-based game. You have to keep your hand in it to some degree at all times. And it doesn't mean you got to be beating each other up every weekend, but you can still be going out and playing touch or, or just be doing skills or, or whatever. And if you need to take four to six weeks off or something so you can get in a more intense training phase, then definitely. But I don't see any need to take an extended period of time off. Yeah, it, it blows my mind. It doesn't really blow my mind. I, I understand it because you look at the big dudes, you're like, well, if I get big, then I'll be a great rugby player. Well, you're like, no, actually, that great rugby player just happens to be big. Obviously, that helps him. But that's not exactly why he's he's good. And yeah, I think and- what you said about it is that, like, you know, when you said you need the off-season, it's not just it's to get solid training in, but it's more about your training in terms of your recovery, right? Correct. To get that recovery and to make your training better. That's it. I mean, I think, you know, if I had it my way, I'd be, you know, I'd have been playing touch all year round and and just stayed out of some of the contact stuff consistently and, and just being a little more intuitive, listening to my body as opposed to supporting my ego and saying, you know, this is a game. And that's the tough thing, man, was, as you know, an athlete, as, as a guy, as someone that wants to compete as someone that, you know, when you're around another group of guys, the hardest thing to do is to check your ego. Yeah. And, and even to this day, I mean, you know, it's, I knew I shouldn't have played in the last tournament that I played in. And again, I'm approaching 40 and I knew my knees weren't. And you're a coach. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, and I know I'm not, wasn't in a great spot for it, but I said, screw it. You know what? I mean, you only live once uh, and I'm paying the price for it. But had I been a little more intuitive earlier on when I was really competing, I would have said, you know what? Maybe this is a game where they don't necessarily need me and I can kind of lick my wounds and, and take some extra time to heal because it's really important because what we're only as good as our recovery. It's yeah. the same thing for strength training. The reason you train hard is so that you can recover the right way that's that's when you make the progress and if you're not supporting the recovery you're wasting your time absolutely awesome stuff all right i think we're going to wrap this one up here ben um do you have any uh any plugs any shout outs anything that you want to anything that you want guys to check out as they finish this podcast no i mean if they're interested in some uh, nutrition or supplemental resources 
They can head over to my website at BSL Lab, uh, excuse me, bslnutrition.com. BSL stands for Body Systems Labs. So bslnutrition.com. There's all kinds of uh, resources on there. I have a fast energy fix guide. I have a pre-workout nutrition guide that's in the resources guide that they can uh, check out. Nice. And then we'll, uh, we'll touch on a little bit more about your supplement uh, in the next podcast. And you'll be joining us on, well, this will be out on the Tuesday and you'll be joining us again on Thursday for a quick Q&A. But for now, uh, I'll see everyone that's listening in the next episode. Take care, Ben. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed any episode of the Rugby Muscle Podcast, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating and type a quick review. It takes about a minute, and it really helps us out a ton, helps grow the show, helps grow Rugby Muscle. And in turn, we will be able to give you guys the best quality content, information, and programs that we possibly can. If you're interested in any of that stuff, like the free physique nutrition video series, or the TJ Shank Supplement Guide, or the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, you can find them all at rugby-muscle.com, or by going through my Instagram profile, at tj.strength. Give me a quick follow, and until next time, guys, I've been your host, as always, TJ. See you soon.